When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh. Very fitting as we fire up another scoop episode here. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News sports team, our scoop master. We've got breaking Vikings news right out of the gate here, boys. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Yes, according, hello, Philip. According to himself, Chris Thomason, this is his last week at the Pioneer Press as a Vikings beat writer. He's moving on to Denver uh, to cover the Denver Broncos for the Denver Gazette, where Woody Page is a columnist. Chris Thomason worked in Denver for 10 years. He announces he is leaving the Vikings beat, and will his uh, Harrison Smith Prince photo tweet be the lasting <laughs> memory of a legendary Vikings beat writer, Chris Thomason. He comes off the Pioneer Press cap. I hear that creates a bunch of room. Pioneer are they going to go? Are younger. they going to go young? Or are they going to try and? Sign oh, they'll go young. Have they approached Judd Zolgat about getting into the Vikings beat again? I think they might freeze the position. I think they might save some more. I mean, these are trying times. Trying times. These are trying times. I love Legend Chris. There. He's a bulldog. But God bless George Payton, Kelly Klein, other people we know in Denver. <laughs> It's they, not they them, they, dude. They thought they got away. They thought they got <laughs> away. It's Sean Payton. I can't wait. Sean oh, Payton's friends God. with Zimmer. And Zimmer, let's just say, and Chris didn't see eye to eye. I want to see Sean Payton. Sean Payton might go back to Fox midseason if they're undefeated <laughs> because he just can't take it. Would you like to comment on that? I'm done. So, Sean, why did you, the, you, the Broncos were 7-2. and two. Well, You had this thing turned around. Why did you yeah. leave for Fox? That Chris Thomason guy, man, I can't take his questions. I can't take his Prince photos on Twitter. Let's just say I once heard a story. I don't, I don't know if I've told this before, but when when somebody who used to cover the Vikings in this town around the time that Brad Childers was coach, that after a very difficult loss uh, to the Bears, Brad Childers' first words in shaking hands with the opposing coach had nothing to do with the game or the loss. It had to do with the beat guy that was switching beats. Oh, I I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. I'd like to, but I I can't. I it's not I it's not appropriate. But uh, yeah, Childress's first words were a middle of the field. Of, this is middle word, of the field. Middle of the field after a devastating loss in overtime to the Bears, in which Demon Aroma should do did the Vikings in, and the first exchange is has nothing to do with football and has to do with a transfer of beat writers. Hey, good game, Coach. Uh, watch out for the snake in the grass that's going over. Text me I the name. I think I know who it is. 
I okay, I will. A fairly will. large anyway, individual. Just the point. Just the point uh, no, just the point is Text that um, uh, Sean Payton. Good luck to you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyhow. All right, Doogie. Happy Reckless Speculation yes, Thursday. Yes, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless. Who cares if today's the beginning of the NCAA tournament? I mean, way more importantly, Reckless Speculation yeah. Thursday. Happy new NFL league year. Um, I know you had you had caught steam, was it uh, yesterday, that, that maybe yesterday was Harrison Smith Day. So we're still waiting on Harrison Smith. We're still waiting on Now that Alex Madison just came back, uh, not groundbreaking money, but $3.5 million a year on a two-year deal. So that would seem to me an indicator that a Dalvin Cook trade or release is more likely waiting on Zadarius Smith. So I'll just kind of throw it over to you. Um, anything Vikings related that you have updates on for us? Yeah, absolutely. On Harrison Smith, yes. I went on the record with you guys. Was it Monday? Was it Tuesday? All these days are blending together. But I was led to believe that we would have some finality by middle of the week. Clearly, as we sit here at 10.15 a.m. Central on Thursday morning, we don't have a final decision. There's fluidity. Let me stress that. I've always said that there's fluidity to this. A decision is coming. The Vikings decided to restructure Kirk Cousins' contract. They got under the cap that way, thus pushing back the Harrison Smith decision date. But he is due some money tomorrow, Friday the 17th. So presumably, I don't know this 100%, but presumably a decision is forthcoming. I was told the cut they are looking for him to take, they do want him back. Let me make that very clear. The Vikings want Harrison Smith back. Brian Flores wants him. Absolutely wants him. They have made that very clear to him, to his camp. But I was told it is a significant, I don't have the exact number, but they are seeking for him to take a significant pay cut. So that's the Harrison Smith news. On Dalvin Cook, I had somebody tell me, like, are we underplaying the severity of this shoulder injury, the shoulder surgery? Like, where is he at from a physical standpoint coming off the shoulder surgery five weeks ago? But I will tell you that I've been saying for a while, I see him on the 23 roster. Now, I wasn't so sure Alexander Madison would be back. I knew there was genuine interest in re-signing Alexander Madison, but I knew the Lions had some interest, but they went in the direction of David Montgomery. I knew the Broncos had interest. They went with P. Ryan. Philadelphia was not interested. They ended up with Penny. Carolina really wasn't in the mix. They ended up with Miles Sanders. Atlanta was another team that had kicked the tires on Madison. So there was enough interest. So I thought, okay, well, you know what? Maybe Alexander ends up elsewhere. So thus, you know, that would put the ball in motion for Dalvin to be on the Vikings in 23. But some buzz last night was to continue to check on the possibility that Dalvin is elsewhere, that there's some trade interest, although with Ezekiel Elliott now being released by Dallas makes me wonder, like, really? I mean, does Atlanta, does Jacksonville potentially? I don't think Miami after they made the Wilson and Mostart moves. Yeah. But like Atlanta would be maybe a team I'd keep an eye on. I mean, I guess maybe Cincinnati just with Joe Mixon's uncertain future. But Atlanta definitely has been in the running back market. They haven't done anything yet. That's why I bring up the Falcons. But, like, after Elliott gets let go, is there really any trade value there? But I would continue to monitor. It's not like I know definitively right now what the future holds for Dalvin Cook. But I was I was told by some people in the know last night that know enough stuff that 
either are, you know, secondhand to all this or directly involved that I should at least monitor Dalvin's situation, that it's not a foregone conclusion that he'll be here in 23. So, Duke, if I may recklessly speculate about this one. Absolutely. Um, it's the theme of the day. Reckless speculation. And as you just said before you started, everything about this is fluid. But on Dalvin Cook, too, I think we had both heard that the Vikings were being offered a late-round pick, a seventh or a sixth for Cook, and were balking at that and saying, no, we need more. Um, but they definitely were in, interested in trying to trade him. I wonder if the Zeke move and seeing the terms of contracts for this position, which are, you know, which are not huge for the most part, I wonder if that has changed the Vikings thought process and actually changed it when, when Madison said, I'll sign. Cause there, I don't see any way that he and his representatives re-signed here with him. Th- you know, he's coming off a career low in carries. So like his role last year was diminished. I, I wonder if the Zeke thing has changed this and if, if the Vikings are going to trade him for a seventh-round pick. Now, the reason why I do think that the Vikings are intent on trading him is the cap savings for 2023 are larger if you trade him than if you release him. So I'm pretty sure. But I wonder if they would go back now and say, guess what? We'll take a seventh-round pick. That's fine. So I got to think the Zeke thing has changed thinking here because if the Dallas Cowboys can't get a thing for him – then you sure as heck aren't getting, say, a day two pick, you guys, for Dalvin Cook. Well, and the Vikings still have a healthy opinion of the rookie from last year entering his second year Chandler at the running back position. You're right about Madison, a career low in carries last year. They guaranteed pretty good money for 24 as well. So not only is Madison getting pretty good money, considering the year he came off of for 23, but there's some decent money there in 24. There was even some chatter I heard about longer than a two-year deal. So I don't know if you want to read between those lines. No, ultimately they settle on the two years. But that there was chatter at one point of potentially longer than two years. So would that feed into, okay, if they had some interest in going beyond the two years, probably not much further beyond, but beyond two years. Because look at Kwesi's track record so far. He doesn't give out five-year deals, really even four-year deals, right? I mean, Justin Jefferson's extension will change that narrative. But you look at all these free agent signings going back to last year, now through this year, these are short-term deals. But there was chatter about going beyond two years. I would add this, too. This, you know, if, if this winds up being essentially a Dalvin Cook for Alex Madison swap of the starting running back spot, and then Ty Chandler moves up in the old Alex Madison role, it would fit everything they've done so far in the last week, week and a half. Think about it. the players that are gone. Eric Hendricks, 31. Adam Thielen, 33. Cam Dantzler's not old, but they just they weren't going to resign him for a long-term deal. Yeah, I mean, he lost his job in yeah. December. Yeah. Patrick Peterson, 33. Dalvin Tomlinson, 29. So the youngest player of that group, not including Dantzler, 29. Signed and coming in, Josh Oliver, 25. Marcus Davenport, 26. Byron Murphy, 25. So... And Garrett Bradbury coming back, 26 years old. Say what you want, but he fits age-wise with what they've been doing the last 10 days or so. And so, again, Zadarius Smith likely out. He's 31 years old. Swapping a 28-year-old Dalvin Cook in 2023 for a 20, currently 25-year-old Alexander Madison would fit everything they've done so far in the last 10 days, boys. 
it would. Now, there was interest in bringing back Patrick Peterson, not at two years. There was also interest in bringing back Dalvin Tomlinson. They had enough chatter with his representation, but they couldn't touch. They wouldn't do the four years. They wouldn't do all that money that the Browns did. But there was interest in those two. But yes, it absolutely fits the theme of, you know, finding these 25, 26-year-olds. Now, on Bradbury, Phil, I mean, that was that was a price point, right? I mean, that's a pretty team-friendly deal, right? So, you know, like, they weren't going to go much beyond that, but they're happy they resigned him. I did hear that the Niners were willing to at least match, if not exceed a little bit, and the Niners resigned their own guy. But I know San Francisco was in on Bradbury. But, yeah, and there's probably more to come. Now, they've been in on the cornerback, Bunting, the former Buccaneer, now with the Murphy move, probably dead, but maybe more so on life support, not completely dead. So I'll continue to track that situation. There's still a number of receivers out there, whether it's the draft or maybe it's the second or third wave of free agency. I would not be shocked if they added a receiver. So I would keep an eye on those two things. On Zadarius, I don't have a Zadarius update. But, yeah, I mean, the science point, too. I mean, he wants out the age thing, all that, right? I mean, he's due a large amount of money, what is it, tomorrow, Friday the 17th. So, you know, we should have some news on Zadarius soon enough. And then on on Daniil Hunter, you know, Judd, I know you've had some of this steam. I mean, I see Daniil here in 23, but there has been some trade interest in Daniil. On the Cousins contract now, um, with the move to um, to basically – create two void years, push a ton of salary cap into 2024 Dukes and create $16 million courtesy of Kirk's contract in cap room for 2023. I'm just curious if you have gotten a feeling if the Cousins camp feels that this could open the door uh, for continued dialogue just to try and alleviate that enormous 2024 hit or if this is pretty much dead and and this is going to to be it because it will be interesting that cap hit in in 24 if this thing is dead if they don't if kirk is gone they're going to have a player on their roster that accounts for i don't care what the cap is a very large chunk of change um that definitely is going to have to alter their thinking of roster construction so if you want kirk gone if you don't that's really not the point here the point here is the finances and where you think things stand as far as potential dialogue well, I mean, there really hasn't been any, you know, sort of dialogue on on an extension. I mean, you know, at this point, it looks like this thing is going to play itself out now. They could always do something in year after the year, right? Like, I'm not declaring 23 is it for Kirk Cousins. I hear you on on the dead cap hit, but the cap's going up. They are going to have a good amount of flexibility this time next year. We've discussed that. Maybe it won't be maximum flexibility, but... I guess that fits into the theme of competitive rebuild. Like they've never, they've never shown us that they're willing to hit the reset button completely. Heck, the Wilfs have never shown us that. So they still feel like with some of these tweaks that the NFC North is wide open, that they can still be very competitive here in 23. So they're not willing to take a bunch of steps backwards, right? So, I mean, I think they're willing just with the other money that, they'll have free for for this time next year that they'll just play this thing out. But I'm not declaring. I'm just telling you, Jed, I'm not declaring that this is it 
on Kirk Cousins. By the way, an update on Harrison Smith. I'm multitasking here, so getting some text messages. So, you know, some of this delay is, trust me, his his camp is is feeling things out, right? Like, they know what the Vikings are offering, and they have a sense on what some other teams would be willing to pay. So even with a significant cut, in all likelihood, he can make as much or more money staying a Viking than he can get. I mean, 34-year-old safety on the open market just isn't going to get a large chunk of change. Yeah. And so from a money standpoint, I sense he can prosper more staying a Viking than leaving. So I know that's gone back and forth. I know, you know, I've suggested going back to last week that signs pointed to an eventual release, but that's where things are. And that goes back to the fluidity of all this, that, that he can... He can benefit financially more staying a Viking compared to asking for his release. So his uh, his base salary, and this is getting in the weeds here, but his base salary is fourteen point seven million. It's actually the highest base salary of any Vikings player in two thousand twenty three, and the reason is Kirk's base is ten million. They gave him the twenty million dollar uh, roster bonus wrapped up in a signing bonus. So Kirk gets the thirty million in cash, a third of its uh, uh, base salary. Two-thirds of it is a signing bonus. So for Harrison's $14.7 million base salary, that right now, in terms of just like average annual value, would make him a borderline top five highest paid safety. Um, So if you look further down, though, here, there is nobody. Like you have to get everyone on this list around him is 30 or younger. And then you get to like Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, those guys with the Bills, 32 years old, 33 years old, those guys make $9 million. So to me, that's probably where the Vikings, uh, Devin McCourty, who just retired, was at $9 million. So the Vikings are probably saying, we need to for sure lop like a third of your base salary off. And you're right. Like he's probably battling two things. Number one, okay, how does that compare to what other teams would give me if I just decided to go explore the market? And... Is this too much of an ego blow to want to stay with the Vikings? And maybe the third thing is, I might only have another year or two left to play football. If I want to win a Super Bowl, can I make that happen with the Vikings, right? So there's all these different things that Harrison Smith is probably thinking about uh, from his side of the of the, the coin, I guess. Absolutely, but there is the loyalty factor. I think he really does like it here. His wife likes it here. Like, at this point, it's trending toward Harrison Smith being here in 23. And I get it. I've been a roller coaster on this. But I'm just telling you, just my sense, even just with some text messages in real time here, that that I'm sensing that, that Harrison will remain. Just It's going to be, in the words of somebody who would know, a significant pay cut. So I don't know. You said, what, base salary 14.7, Phil? So I don't know if that's a 50% cut, a 40% cut, a 30% cut. I mean, in the Cousins case, I mean, he still gets his cash. It's not like Kirk Cousins took a pay cut. But in the case of Harrison Smith, it would be a pay cut. Judd, uh, this discussion about Vikings roster cuts presented by our friends at MyDullKnives.com, okay? Don't walk around in shame like I had been for months and months, for years and years with dull kitchen knives. Mm. Did you know you can go to MyDullKnives.com where the folks at Vivrant, a local company, We'll send you a safe and professional mail kit where you can send your dull knives on a little vacation to be sharpened. It's like sending your knives to a knife spa, and it helps your game in the kitchen. All of you out there have kitchen knives. None of you probably have thought about getting them sharpened. 
Viverant comes in with MyDullKnives.com and gives you an amazing experience that you can carry over into the kitchen. If you're like me, my wife and I are trying to just be better at cooking meals at home. Um, we like to look up little recipes on TikTok and try and replicate them at least half as good. And so uh, it's been awesome to have freshly sharpened knives. MyDullKnives.com. That's MyDullKnives.com. I need a hookup on that, Phil. I chopped oh, up some strawberries for the little man for his lunch this morning. Our knives All need knife. some work. Yeah, you just squish them. You, know, you probably squish them. Mushy strawberries. Yeah, yeah. or a little juicy. See, this is a perfect example. Keaton, but yeah, this is a thing. perfect example. All those knives, all those expensive knives in the Wilson household, and they all aren't worth a damn right now. And they Viverant feel neglected. That mm-hmm. they feel neglected. Yeah, instantly. It's too bad. I do think on the conversation to go back to Harrison Smith. I do think among all of the people that they have let go, Thielen. Okay, yeah, Kendricks definitely. I think Harrison Smith is the one where it would be nice to bring him back because he strikes me as a guy who still has a lot to potentially, at least for, for a year in a transition year, offer. Like everybody else, I'm fine with go, going. Zadarius, I think you've got his replacement, and he was a mercenary. So if he's one and done, that's absolutely fine. Dalvin Tomlinson, um, I, I would have liked back, not, not at that price, but he's also not an, an aging guy. Like he... He left to maximize salary opportunity. Harrison Smith's the one guy that I, I think if you are, uh, Dukes, as you alluded to, Brian Flores, you're probably saying, you know what? That'd be a really nice, almost assistant coach to have back there. So that one makes a ton of sense in, tr- in trying to transition and improve guys. You know, seeing uh, that whole group, that's why I, I think that this, that the fact that they are bending over backwards to try and work something out from both sides with Harrison Smith makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you. I mean, Flores wants him back. You think about Metellus. You think about, you know, even exactly. Bynum, who played corner in college, still learning about the safety position. Certainly seen, you know, having Harry around to mentor those guys. I know he's quiet around us, but there's enough vocalness there behind the scenes. Like, they value his leadership. He's an important part. You know, future Vikings, Ring of Honor inductee, yeah. all that, an all-time Viking, right? So, I mean, there's something to be said about that, too. But I'm just telling you, as I sit here this morning, it's trending in the direction of, of Smith remaining a Viking. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So interesting, man. Um, what, um, I'm, I'm just trying to look at the priority list here. Sort of what's up. So Zedari- we've, we've covered Harrison. We've covered Zedarius. Um, the Dalvin Cook thing we have covered at this point. Is that kind of like, I feel like we're getting toward the end of the major checklist here. Those are kind of the three major things left. Greg Joseph, they brought their special teamers back. 
Um, is there anything we're missing on the checklist here, Dukes? Because I feel like they had 12 things on a list like a week and a half ago, and they've kind of hacked through a bunch of these, and uh, and they've filled some gaps there. There's other free agents they could bring in. You mentioned Sean Murphy bunting. I think Kyle Van Noy is a guy to watch who's been with Brian Flores at two different stops. He's a 32-year-old veteran sort of edge linebacker type. But what else should we keep our eye on here over the next few days besides uh, the things we've already discussed on the episode? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of hit on it. I mean, you know, we're now going to transition, maybe not immediately, but, you know, to the Vikings, you know, having legit interest in extending TJ Hawkinson, certainly in extending yeah. Justin Jefferson. And, you know, some of those, Daniel. you know, uh, pieces the of Daniel business. Thing's Daniel, he, he, come, he, doesn't, he doesn't fit the window. He doesn't fit the window, guys. I think He's that one needs to play itself old. out more. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think contract. you're trading him. I'm just telling you that, Jeff. I mean, I don't, I don't think trade's coming, but. I think that one, yeah, I let that one play out a little bit more. That's a don't report to voluntary stuff until I get a contract thing. Yeah, he's like, not showing. Like he's his, not showing his up. contract. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's down, it's and I don't fault him on done. that. No, I'm just saying it's going to become. Yeah. it's going to become a point of contention here if it doesn't get addressed. Yeah, you yeah. can't just say. I mean, Dude, it will. come back and play. He'll yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we first get that access in mid to late April with OTAs, and he's not out there, presumably. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll hammer it home. Then I'm trying to think if there's anything else, Phil. No, I mean, heck, well, I mean, they're the, knee the, deep the, in you know all these pro days. I mean, they had a national scout, Sean Gustus, at Clemson in Georgia the last couple of days. I was over at Gophers Pro Day yesterday, Wednesday the fifteenth. You know, Quasey was there, Kevin O'Connell was there, Flores was there. Wes Phillips was there. Keenan McCardell was there. Other position coaches were there. They had some scouts. I mean, the Vikings had about 15 to 20 people there. So, I mean, they're working it pretty good. They've got some visits coming up second week of April. So some draft prospects, the top 30 visits, they'll bring in a handful of guys and the local guys as well. The John Michael Schmitz of the world, the Terrell Smiths of the world, you know, guys that played for the Gophers, maybe Brent Lang of, of UMD, although that hasn't been lined up yet. He's a Lakeville kid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where things shift. I mean, there is a second and third wave of free agency. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, maybe they bring in a guy for a visit. I mean, we're seeing, you know, guys starting to take visits. Like Adam Thielen was in Carolina yesterday. I was told on Thielen more just uh, feeling things out. Like, he, he didn't go to Carolina with, like, this big intention of, I'm going to sign on the dotted line. No way I leave there without – a contract. It was more just a fact-finding mission, but who knows? I mean, maybe eventually it gets to that point. But you know, you start seeing these guys taking visits. I know the Patriots are hosting some guys this week, the Seahawks. So I wouldn't be shocked if if the Vikings look to bring in somebody for a visit here in the coming days. Okay. All right. Let's move off Vikings here. Uh, empty the bag of, of non-Viking scoops. What else do you? Have? By the way, on the Twins, can I ask this? Yeah. What am I missing? So they play baseball in two weeks. Byron Buxton has not played in the spring training game yet. Jorge Polanco has not played yet. Kirilov, we've talked about. Derek Falvey told the assembled reporters down there, I want to say three or four days ago, hey, everything's on track for those guys to all be ready opening day. How? Well, we sure are. Is Buxton Buxton ready for opening day if he hasn't played in the spring training game yet? Well, we still have a little bit of time. I mean, I don't know if they're at the end of phase two. Remember, three phases to, to the ramp up to March 30th opening day that's what Rocco told people at Dunkers in late January that this was a three-pronged plan so you know I think they're kind of to the end of phase two phase three then would be to transition to 
to actual spring training games. So I've not been led to believe there's any cause for concern on Buxton. Same goes for Polanco. On Kirilov, though, yeah, I, I pause on that one. I mean, they bring in Solano. As I was told, Kirilov Insurance is a righty bat at first base. But we're seeing Joey Gallo play first base down in Fort Myers. And so Kirilov would be the one I would say, let's let's pause there. Like, I'm not convinced that, you know, he'll be in that lineup March 30th. Uh, you know, we'll let it play out. But that's the one I'm telling you, Phil. That's the one where I'm like, eh, maybe not. But I'm just telling you, until I hear otherwise, I'm not overly concerned on, on Polanco and Buxton. Okay. Dukes, what was that uh, sort of cryptic, odd statement that the Wolves put out on Cat? Um, <laughs> like, like it was an update, but it was it had no real news, and it almost was. I felt like bracing us for the worst case, not the best. What did you make of that or hear about that statement? Yeah, I mean, where was that statement a month and a half ago? Right, right. Just I'm... updates along the way. I mean, just after you know, fifteen weeks, they put out an update. It was it was goofy to say the least. Here's another part of the goofiness. So yesterday during shoot around, he's playing five on five. So they have that stay in shape. Wendell Moore Jr. You know, some of those guys that, you know, truly don't get into games. uh, They scrimmage for 45 minutes to an hour after shoot around. Well, cats out there running five on five. I mean, he's been doing stuff on the court for well over a month. He's been doing some boxing activity off the court. Sure, you know, going back weeks, he wasn't absorbing contact, but now we're to the point of him absorbing contact. Heck, I remember Jordan McLaughlin, calf injury, maybe not quite as severe, but Jordan McLaughlin was playing in that stay-in-shape game, Then he was in a game two days later, right? So we still think it's going to be weeks on Cat. Now, I did hear that there's been multiple doctors involved, maybe a doctor added along the way. You know, certainly Cat is dictating... A lot of this, there is a fear that, okay, if I come back too soon, I don't want to tear my Achilles. We've talked about that going back weeks. But at this point, you know, for this to be an 18 or 19 week injury, like what? Like I, I there's scratch a, there's my head a lack on that. of transparency here. That Did you see makes... the Finch quote too? The very odd Finch quote. Well, that, which that one? He said, yeah. He said, according to the uh, the Star Tribune, quote, I try about the about Cat taking part in the five on five that you're talking about. I try not to watch. He joked when asked about the scrimmage. It's like looking into the sun. It's bad for your eyes. <laughs> so like that. But that to me, even joking, says I'm not going to bother with it because I don't know a thing. It's just it's all very, very. Well, odd. that tells you I, that Cat is dictating a large portion of this. If not, yeah, because there's frustration this. in that quote. Yeah, I but agree. in Cat's defense, I'm telling you, and I get involving, you know, a new doctor and all that. Like, let's not forget some of the goofiness with the Torian Prince shoulder injury that that went longer than it should have earlier this year. Heck, mm-hmm. McLaughlin. I mean, I'm telling you, there's more. I don't want to go into great detail, but there's way more to the Jordan McLaughlin calf injury recovery. Dan, they have volunteered. So I'm just telling you on that. And I just, you know, I just, I, I think there's some questions that we can ask about the training staff over there. So, you know, if you want to rip Cat, fine. But I'm just telling you, I can defend Cat in that regard. But never in a million years did I think this would end up being an 18 or 19 week injury. Put it that way. Hmm. Interesting. 
Interesting. All right. Rapid fire scoops. Sure. Well, also on the Wolves, Jalen Noel underwent an MRI in his knee. It checked out. He won't play tomorrow. I'm led to believe he'll be back maybe about this time next week, maybe sometime next week, maybe earlier than this time next week. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, once he's healthy to play, what does that role look like? Right. With Nikhil Alexander Walker playing a lot now. And so, you know, I'll continue to monitor the Jalen Noel situation. On John Michael Schmitz, I brought him up earlier. He's the number one Gophers NFL prospect. He will visit the Steelers, the Jets, and he will do that local visit with the Vikings. On the Twins, they have all their pre-arbitration guys wrapped up contract-wise. I mean, in some cases, like on Duran, like there really wasn't a negotiation. I mean, I, I think his side tried to get a little bit more money, and the Twins said, well, we have the right just to renew you at a certain number. And so the Twins just renewed Duran. But like I know Joe Ryan's done something like $730,000, you know, a little bit more than that. I have the number somewhere in my phone. But point is, the Twins have this system for their zero to three pre-arbitration, you know, service time years, uh, guys. And so they have all those contracts done. They haven't announced any of them or announced that they've agreed to terms. But just know that those agreements are in place. Yeah. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Inside more. information. It's a tradition, right, Declan? One more. That's right. I hear Mark Coyle is aiming very high or relatively high on, on the women's basketball coach search. I've heard uh, some rumblings about the West Virginia coach, the Colorado coach. Now, both those coaches are busy here the next few days with, with the NCAA tournament. I, I was told that the Pac-12 just doesn't pay its women's basketball coaches. And so there's a thought that the buyout isn't you know stupidly high, that that the Gophers could pay more if if the Colorado coach truly is like you know the one A target. I heard there was some dialogue too with the Bowling Green coach, but that seems unlikely at this point. It is trending in the direction of the tradition continuing them hiring a female coach. Like I'd be okay. fine with the South Dakota coach, South Dakota we State. We can do coach, better than the Bowling Green coach. Okay, yeah. well, uh, let's. But yeah, they've never had a male a coach higher. in program history. And it's looking like it's trending in that direction to continue. Okay. All right, Dukes. Uh, happy uh, happy NFL New League year. Absolutely. Happy trails to Chris Thomason off the Vikings beat o- over to Denver. To Judd, you're in charge of the Russell going away Wilson. party. Organize it. Park Tavern. Um, I'm, I'm busy. I was at Park Tavern last night. Good times. Let's uh, let's maybe the, the four of us do, do a little, little private scoop session at Park Tavern so I Judd like can it. tell you I more would love about, that. And uh, Gophers men's basketball, they're after a bunch of guards. They've reached out to like 25 players in the portal. There's like 900 players already in the portal. College basketball is out of control. Are my cheese pizzas still in the freezer? I, have, yeah. I need to pick up five cheese pizzas. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I, have, I hope I so. I mean, I don't know. In... I haven't gone down there to check. But okay. yeah, gone. thank you for, for contributing to, to Droogie's baseball trip to, to Tennessee in late July. Yeah, so for the listeners, for the viewers here on YouTube, I brought in these pizzas. What was it, Phil? February 28th? Yeah, mine are still in the fridge. So 18 days ago. (laughs) Thankfully, Brian, who runs our our kitchen here at Hubbardville, thankfully, he's such a good guy. Like, he's only got so much freezer space, and your pizzas are taking up his space. pizzas down there at the kitchen. I'm going to start eating some of that pizza. He could sling it into the pizza pizza oven. Yeah, Yeah. wouldn't be a bad idea. But yeah, I think they're down there. So yeah. Next time you're in, Phil, I know you're working from home, feeling a little bit under the weather. Next time you're in, I'll help you track them down. Thank you, Doogie. All right, boys. Take it easy. See ya. All right, dude. There he is. Darren Doogie Olsen. Um, you can find him on 5 Eyewitness News here in the Twin Cities. And uh, we're going to shut up here so Declan can post this before any breaking Vikings news happens. And we'll see you over on Purple Daily for some Alex Madison and uh, other Vikings discussion today.